Hey guys, don't forget. Uh, Mesa, Arizona, May 11th and 12th, comedy off Maine. Is it off Maine? On I Maine. was I was talking uh, to Maine, the, the listeners when I said don't forget. I didn't realize you had already forgotten. <laughs> uh, yes, comedy off Maine in Mesa, Arizona, May 11th and 12th. Maybe I'll just be in charge of the announcements from here on. You're the one with the phone in your hand. The phone doesn't say anything. <laughs> it's just a it's just a phone. What do you mean? You have a calendar. <laughs> uh, uh, tickets, pre-sale tickets. Get the pre-sale tickets on our Facebook group, Facebook page. I remember that we have a Facebook page. It's great. If you put a Mormon and a meth head together, this is what they sound like. Aaron would all just so read our friends. Listen to them talking to Mike. I wish I could remember exactly what they... You never played The Sims. Never. Okay. I didn't... One I think time. I played it one time. Same, same. But I didn't realize there's all these like... I had lied immediately. <laughs> never! <laughs> one time. Two times. Three times. <laughs> <Never>. <laughs> Don't tell my mom. <laughs> um, there are... There's a, a painting you can hang in the house. I wish I could the remember who was telling me this. is this game? That's there's the point a, of the game? Yeah, no, there's art you can hang in the house that will give your Sims depression. The fuck? Really? Yeah. Really? Okay. And really? Then, yeah, and then someone else was telling me, God damn it, this is going to piss me off. I can't remember who told me this. You, Somebody else just would put their Sim who couldn't swim. Or no, it, he could swim, put him in the pool and just make him swim until he died. <laughs> really? Which made me think about reality which made you think about a cruel unjust god it did make me think about the book of job a little bit yeah the book of job is whack man (laughs) (laughs) what a dumbass (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yo the book of job is whack right We'd like to thank today's sponsors, the Embassy Suites Free Alcohol downstairs. <laughs> they just give you alcohol as much as you want for free. It's fantastic. I would Oh now, oh now That's I need a to bit loud, now yeah. I need to speak softer. These goddamn critics won't leave me alone. <laughs> God, Aaron, be a long Aaron, you speak you speak too softly. Now you speak too loud. We'll cut that out. All right. Let's make a note. Let's make a note. At 57 seconds, Aaron is already belligerently drunk. Let's write that down into the notebook. Yep. Cut out the part. Fake wrote that into a fake. Don't tell them it was fake. (laughs) They don't know that there's no notebook here. We're creating an illusion, Jessa. What the fuck do you know about podcasts? Oh my God! Fine, we'll talk about the Book of Job. Oh uh, man! Did you know that the Book of Job uh, features <laughs> prominently in one of my favorite movies, Mission Impossible? Really? Yeah, I've seen that. It does. It does. It's uh, right, one of my favorite things in movies is is like early '90s depictions of the internet. Okay, like think about uh, like Jurassic Park when the girl's like, "I'm a hacker." She has to hack into the park security system, and it's a full 3D model. Like it's it's like this three dimensional thing that she has to go from building to building. To it doesn't make any sense. It's nothing like what the internet ever looked like. <laughs> And I love that movies like The Net and in Mission Impossible, our our protagonist Ethan Hunt is the lone survivor. So he thinks of uh, of an of a mole attack. Uh, I mean, they knew we were coming. They knew we were coming, and they're dead. They're all dead. And he, the only uh, clues he has is from Kittredge, where he talks about uh, a, a, an online uh, internet check known as Max. And a job they referred to as job 314. So 
He is on early 90s depiction of the internet, just typing job 314 into a computer screen, you know, like hoping to come up with something. Like, he's a CIA spy, and he just starts with like, well, I'll just type this and smash this into a computer and see what it says. This is uh, this is how he this is very uh, cloak and dagger <laughs> uh, black hat type shit, uh, and then he is he wearily uh, rubs his sleepy eyes and he sees on the on the hotel bookshelf a holy Bible, and he's like turns his head to the side like the fuck, and he goes he pulls out he goes to the book of Job he goes to chapter three verse fourteen. And he's like, oh, shit, this verse means absolutely nothing. It doesn't mean (laughs) shit. But then he just starts going to to uh, internet chat rooms for the Bible, Bible chat rooms, and, and asking, he's just and he's just he's just writing at Max in every <laughs> single chat room. He's just like at Max, this is from Job. Until finally, someone says a shoe. <laughs> until, yeah, until finally, someone is like, I stuck a shoe in my pussy, and he's like, okay, <laughs> we found it. Uh, uh, anyway, who? What kind of god just makes a bet with Satan? It sounds like The Sims, is yeah. what I'm saying, because that whole thing, for people who aren't Bible savvy, the whole thing is just like God and Satan sitting at a poker table, like, yeah, well, what about my boy Job? Yeah, my boy Job, you never get Job. Yeah. He's so good. <laughs> he's, he's so like, good. No. Yeah, right, not if you cover him in boils, and he's like, he's like boom, I'll cover his I'll ass I'll cover him in boils right now. You think I won't cover his you ass in boils? You call me chicken? Yeah, it's like, I don't know how anyone can, yeah. So anyway, here's what I think. But not only I that. think we're Sims. You think we're Sims. I think we might be Sims. You think we're Sims. You know why I think that. Yeah, aliens told you that aliens we were Sims. Told me that. Yeah, which right. I mean if aliens told me we were Sims, then I would also probably believe that. Just not many of us get to talk to aliens, Jessa. Okay. Well here's here's the deal. Up until very recently, I believe this to be uh there's a thing called meth induced schizophrenia. Which I do still think it was probably that. But I have started to consider the possibility that... Let me stop you right here, Jessa. I am sick and tired of hearing you discredit yourself. Okay? (laughs) You're one of the smartest people that I know. And if you say you saw some goddamn aliens who told you we live in a computer game, I'm fine with that. I'm oh, fine with it. Wow. Yeah. I like drunk Aaron. Yeah. Over here with your shirt all open. <laughs> <laughs> Why is my shirt open? Uh, he's wearing only a jacket that is unzipped. He's leaned back. I'm very Fonz right now. He's writing very in a fake Fonz. notebook <laughs> while giving the synopsis right. of movies. But uh, I feel like our listeners are, what, 11 episodes in? I don't think anyone's turning us off because you say you saw aliens, right? But I want it on the record that there is a huge possibility that this was the result of meth-induced schizophrenia. And I also want them to know that this has how I have always... That's just what I... Because it went away when I got clean. Hmm. So I just always felt okay. like, wow, that was I, I just was higher than everyone else. Let the record reflect... That this may have been meth-induced schizophrenia. All right. Let the, yeah. Or you live in a video game. So, okay, here's what happened. 2000 is the year. Shit. That's a good I, I have a near-death experience. I can't tell you if I was really dead. I have always just believed that I was dead. Because when I woke up, I asked the very apathetic uh, medical professional, was I just dead? And she shrugged her shoulders. And then I said, what was the cause of death? And she said, drugs. And I said, what drugs? And she said, I don't know. Your friend said you were on drugs. I swear to fuck. This is what the lady said. I steal the paperwork and the paperwork just says does not respond to painful stimuli. Like the paperwork on like a clipboard by the bed. Okay. Okay. So while I am unconscious it sounds like you do live in a video game this doesn't is this crazy this is already crazy hold on they didn't have my name because i okay so i'm at a a dance club is this where your memory begins no here's where my memory begins i spent the day with a chick who had 
who was supposedly my best friend who got together with a guy I had just broken up with while I still had feelings for him, whatever. Anyway, so I'm <laughs> very generously babysitting her at an after hours party and she's upset about my just recent ex and I keep telling her that nothing outside of you can affect you good or bad unless you decide to let it. And I don't even know where I'm coming up with this shit. I'm high. And I'm, I feel you. And I start running that through I start running all of my life experience I'm like am I bullshitting right now so then I'm running all of my life experience and my trauma and my pain I'm running it through this and I'm like no that actually those were terrible things that happened but I absolutely am in have the power to decide how I process those things and it created this kind of paradigm shift where I felt like I had found the the secret to happiness and I get to the dance club that night and I'm not very high. And now it's all meth. You don't die from meth. And I'm walking through the dance club and I was a bitch back then. I'm, I'm apologizing to people I was mean to. I'm telling people I've found the secret to happiness. I get a water and I'm walking up. The secret of happiness is what you were telling this other girl. Is that nothing outside nothing of you. Nothing outside of you can affect you. Yeah. That you, you, write, the, you write the narrative of what, of what happens. Okay. And is this out of character for you? Yeah. At this point, yeah. Okay. And that year I had learned a lot about putting myself in other people's shoes. Other than that, that was like... Because you were stealing lots of people's shoes. Exactly. Yes. Put yourself in their shoes Sticking and Sticking them in your pussy. <laughs> uh, put other people's shoes inside of you. I, um... God. That will never not make me laugh. Um, I see music coming out of the speakers. I can see the music it's like colorful waves i'm not high enough for this to be the drugs and that's the last thing i remember what happens next is i fall on the floor i foam at the mouth i piss myself and i just saw a friend recently nice. who was there that night and he's like you were dead like you were at dead. a portland show you saw that guy right um uh, same place but a different the show you weren't there oh okay okay um so, oh there were people that were there that night yeah but not the guy that told me I was super dead. Anyway, they put me in a cab and they sent me to the hospital. I won't get into why that was. And not on this episode. And then. Yeah, man. When I see my friends die, I just call them a cab. Yeah, it's weird. It's like people on drugs don't care about each other. <laughs> so the next thing I remember is I'm inside of this big. Oh, and I think I'm a backslidden Christian at this point. So I have left the church. But I didn't, I still believed that I was a Christian who was doing the wrong thing. I still believed in all of that. So I'm in this big blue vibrating light and I am a part of it. I'm still my own person, but I'm a part of it. And it is, I don't have my physical body and it is communicating with me, but without words, like my brain translated it to words later. And it said, you did what you went there to do. You learned everything you had to learn. You can stay here if you want, but if you want to go back, there's something cool you can do. And it sounds like you learned one thing. <laughs> Yeah, and they're like, "That's it, big... man. You're already done." Yeah, I didn't have a big uh, a big list. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, there was. Um, you have to learn how to do meth. <laughs> yeah, do meth, <laughs> and, then, and then nothing outside of you yeah. can affect you. And then, boom, yep, you're, you're out done. of there, man. You, you can done. leave. Now here is your punchy. Are you gonna pass out in like an hour, though? <laughs> I think it's I think it's fine. You think it's fine? Yeah. We can restart and take a whole new crack at this, and maybe I'll be uh, less. Uh, I think you're funny. Goddamn obnoxious. Okay. Obnoxious. Obnoxious. Like when you're obnoxious. I love being obnoxious. I think it's funny. Yeah. All right. All right. Hold on. I just want to. I just kind of want you to like tuck me in a blanket and then tell me the story of how you died. I won't pass out. I promise. Okay. We'll go get you five-hour energy if you can't. Make it through four episodes. Thanks, mom. All right, I can't remember where I was. Oh, uh, it sounds like you learned one thing. Yeah, um, <laughs> we had to check something. So these aliens have just such a low bar for you to pass before you get to go to Nirvana. My whole life, I had 
this sensation, this homesickness is the way I would describe it. The sensation that I was dropped off on this planet on accident. And a lot of people describe stuff like this. Like I, I, not a loneliness, just like it, this isn't where I'm from and this isn't where I belong. And in the moment that I was in this ball of light, I felt like I was home. That homesickness that just always kind of ran in the background was gone. Yet, when offered uh, the opportunity to go back to Earth to do something cool, I was like, yeah, I'll go back there. And then I had to live my entire life in fast forward to get to the present moment, which I think is what people are describing when they talk about life flash before their eyes. Yeah, but I always like envision that like a uh, film strip or on a projector and this was I actually lived every second of my life but so fast that I was sucking my thumb when I woke up. And then I wake up, I have the weird interaction with the doctor and the two friends that are there, I can hear their thoughts. Um were not they audibly them out loud. Or? <laughs> Where they're just like, man, this bitch looks dead. And you're like, I can't hear what you're thinking. As long as you say it out loud. No, you... I could... I guess it, it feels like uh, subtext. I don't... Like, I could feel the vibe, I guess. But so powerful that I could tell that they were having thoughts about each other. I don't really know how to articulate that too well. Okay. All right. All right. I was tuned in to everybody in a way that I wasn't before I had this experience. And I immediately knew that that was God. And I immediately knew that we are God. All of us connected as one big ball of light is God. And you knew that when you woke up. Yeah. I just, like by tapping back into that source, I just knew things. And some things I just knew as soon as I woke up and other things I learned in what we have uh, nicknamed alien school for the next. <laughs> All right. It didn't get creepy until you said we. Uh, and I know there's no one else in this story that's calling it alien school. <laughs> Who the fuck is we? I think I, we, uh, me and the last podcast I was on. Oh, oh, me and Tim, me and Tim just call it alien school now. It's just a little nickname that we came I up with. I think I was calling it, I've always called it dream school. And then I just called it alien school on his podcast. And now I'm like, why wasn't I always calling it alien school? Yeah, man. Tim really helped you punch up this near death experience. Tim's great. <laughs> Tim Dillon's podcast, everyone. Check it out. <laughs> Uh. anyway uh so i come back and i know a bunch of things i i'll never understand the the complete disregard for other human beings <laughs> that motorcycle riders must have and they don't even have to be that loud they don't. We are on the fourth floor of this hotel and it is shaking uh, our room yeah I can still hear it. I can it's still hear this motorcycle. It's blocks away. Ugh. They make me so mad. They make yeah. me so mad when they are next I think, to I think it must it. be cool to ride a motorcycle. They look like they'd be fun and cool. But I, I just can't imagine what it's like, like to just start that up on your street every day and not care about the hundreds of people who are sleeping right now. Anyway. Our house, uh, the first house that we had in Delaware, there was a guy who never rode his motorcycle other than to turn it on and ride it around the block a couple times every day. <laughs> I don't know if that's like what you have to do to keep it from the gas from going bad. <laughs> I feel like Maybe he yeah. was in motorcycle school. <laughs> Maybe he's uh, not allowed to go like past, uh, like around his block. Maybe his mom is like, you could, you can ride around the block, but come right back. I feel like I'm going to sneeze. Hmm. Just giving you a heads up. Okay, thank you. For the next couple of years, I was taught things in dreams by what I called aliens. 
because they were aliens. <laughs> well, did they did they have bodies? Did you see them? Did you look at them? They looked like they 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 their feet didn't touch the ground. Their feet looked like withered almost. A few feet off the ground. Okay. And they, but are they didn't bipedal? have bodies. Do they have two feet? Yeah. <laughs> I'm bipedal. That's what, if you're going to talk about aliens. You've, already, you've learned everything you need to know. They they only had two feet. They was yeah. like tentacles hanging down, <laughs> this floating weird. in the air. This isn't Men in Black. <laughs> this bitch. <laughs> all right, all right, okay, I'm yeah. Go gonna... back to how you saw music. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, I asked <laughs> some questions, some for some specifics. Just kidding. yeah, this is all probably meth induced schizophrenia. <laughs> you crazy? Uh, okay. You know how out on the street after, on like a sunny day or whatever, the wavy stuff on the mm-hmm. ground? So mm-hmm. are we in, uh, in the path of a motorcycle parade? <laughs> 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 I don't know how I'm going to edit all the motorcycles out. All right. You'll find a way. They look like a little more dense version of that. They? Yeah. Like the aliens the themselves aliens. Yeah. look wavy, like a mirage. Yeah. Okay. So like if you stare at a light bulb for a long time and then you look away and you still have the like jumpy blue and red image of the light bulb. Would you stop staring at lights? <laughs> this is the one who stared at the sun too long and now is like, I can't see things. I don't think we've talked about me staring at the sun. You yet. have talked about it. Have I? You've talked about it. On the podcast? I think so. Okay. Well, I stared at the sun and burnt my macula, just in case we haven't covered that before. Um, a what? A macula? A macula? My maculas. Your maculas? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, there's a lot of motorcycles. I don't know what I'm going to do. All right. I mean, I, maybe the mics aren't picking them up. Maybe. Just us All talking right. about them. Hey, I'm sorry for what I said about maculas. I'm sorry for what I said about bipedals. I didn't know what that word meant. Sorry. I made you feel so dumb with my giant vocabulary. <laughs> All right. You got the joke, though, about I'm bipedal. Uh, oh, yeah. And I did. I missed it. I missed oh. that joke. Fuck. Yeah, I was wondering why you got belligerent afterwards. I was like, uh. uh sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I'm bipedal. you <laughs> <laughs> So, do you like uh, sit down? Do you like scoot everywhere? I'm bipedal. I invented feet. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneurial maven. <laughs> no one had thought of feet before me. Oh, okay. We've lost our steam. <laughs> I I dream schools where we're at alien school. Let's start. Let's pick back up. You look at the lamp, and it is, uh, and then you look away, and you can still see the light bulb. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like jumping around. It's kind of like that. So it's vibrating light that's dense, but you could see through them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. And they. What kind of shape are they in though? Now I got an idea of the color. Aliens pretty close to what aliens in the collective consciousness with the skinny slender skinny big slender heads. they don't have feet though They're, the feet almost kind of um tapered off at the bottom and they weren't they weren't dense like they didn't have like shiny skin or whatever they were kind of like ether beings or something Mm. I'm staring at all the lamps in this room right now. I don't know if you can tell what my <laughs> eyes are doing. I'm just looking at lamps and looking away and being like, okay, I gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you combined the light from the lamp that you've looked at and then the the wavy, they look just like thick energy, kind of in the shape of what aliens. In- and you saw them 
like every time you go to sleep yeah pretty i feel like every time i went to sleep and they taught me a bunch of stuff that i used and then a bunch of stuff i couldn't use they taught me how to move things with my eyes they taught me how to levitate i would have to practice lifting myself up off of the ground and i would fall over and it's still like in my body i feel like i can feel hold on you levitated yourself in dream school in in your dream you levitated yourself have you ever levitated yourself not in real life okay 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 nor have i moved anything with my eyes but i can feel in my body what it feels like to do both of those things if that, does that make sense no like but as I mean, if I'm i have experienced it as if i have experienced it hmm. they did teach me a lot of stuff that i did end up using okay and there was a phase where they Okay, well, so here's what... How long is this period of time where you're dreaming and going to school? 2000 to when I got clean, 2005. And it was... So you're doing drugs this whole time. Doing drugs this whole time. So everyone else is on... All the people that I'm surrounded by, they're having like drug addict experiences. Although there were just a lot of... Sorry, that was really loud. There were just a lot of... Dogs are weird. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of... um, supernatural experiences which i think is to be expected when you have a group of people sleep deprived together on speed so but i'm having a very spiritual experience i'm learning all this stuff i'm putting stuff together i would walk into people's houses and be like i remember um my friend monta took me to someone's house and i said i sat down on the couch and was like you have a book for me and the dudes were like, what? And I was like, you have a book in this house you're supposed to give me. And they were like, holy shit. And they pull open this drawer. And this book is called like Secret Mysteries of the Ages or something. And it had all this information. And I could just like tear through books super fast and like download the information. I would get messages. This is all super schizophrenia sounding. Yeah, yeah, it but, absolutely is. I'm but already... things like that would happen. Mm-hmm. Where other people would be... That you know, a part of it where I would actually be right. There was not a lot. So okay, so there was a year. Well, something else you were right about. So there was a year where the um, the aliens I could hear them in my head, but while you're awake. Yeah. Okay. And that didn't. It sounded like my own thoughts. I don't know how to describe that, but uh, it wasn't like audible voices. Suddenly, I could just like hear. Hold on. I want to get to this part first. One of the things that I learned, uh, according to the alien slash big ball of light, is that the Earth is just a stage where we come to play a game. And we are all collectively as one big ball of energy. We are God, source, whatever. And that we come down as tiny sparks and we play on Earth. And that nothing is real, good and bad, right and wrong, male and female, all the dichotomy, all of the uh, everything you're afraid of, all of it is a construct of this reality that we are only playing in. None of it is real. None of the good, bad, that's all an illusion. But would you say our minds are real? And, okay, so... Every time you come down here. And then we have been coming down here. We were the dinosaurs. Like we have been playing here forever. And that every time you come here, you get a new. Now I have all these video game analogies I can use, but it was different words then. But so every time you come down here, you get a new self, a new physical body. And the physical body has its own artificial intelligence. And that artificial intelligence is what would be called like the ego. It's its own mind. It controls your body, but it also is how you play the game. Why wouldn't we just play ourselves? So the... Why would we download into a body that then we're not controlling? So the difference would be... Do you know anything about video games? Uh, I, I, a little bit. Okay, so it would be like there's first-person shooter, and uh-huh. in first-person shooter, you is the kind of video game where you're just seeing through the eyes of the person you're playing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can see, like, the gun coming yeah. out of your hand or whatever. 
And that's very exciting, but very hard to strategize because you only have this li- limited uh, view of the world around you. And so that would be life experience through the ego. And then you have role-playing games, RPGs, where you're up in the sky, you're looking down, and you plan things out, and then you watch them play out from up there. So not as exciting, but much easier to win. So the explanation I got was that these are the two different. So uh, RPG would be your real self, and first-person shooter would be playing the game through the experience of the game. So imagine imagine The Sims, right, which is RPG, but you had the option of being the Sim to experience the thing that you have created. People would pay money for that. Would you? I think so. To not be in charge? To, not, to be the ghost in the shell? You're just on long... Uh, I think so. Freaks what, me total out. Total Recall was it? Total Recall. That's the premise. Um, I never saw Total Recall nor what? the have reboot. Have we just found of, a movie mm-hmm. that I saw that you didn't? Uh, yeah, we did. We just found we are one. in Bizarro World. What? Uh, but <laughs> what happens in it? I can barely remember yeah, it. Yeah, dude, that was a bad idea to ask you. I think he's like, finds out halfway through. All right, so summer. here's something that I would argue about with other Mormons. Uh, there, A lot of Mormons believe that uh, Satan's plan for, so there was a war in heaven, right? You're Christians are on board with this yes. idea, right? No, um, different than you, but yeah. But yeah, so there was this there was this war in heaven. Of a, Mormons believe that uh, Jesus had a plan for all of us to go down to earth and then come uh, away for us to get back, and that was through him. And then Satan had a plan. And there are a lot of Mormons who believe that Satan's plan was uh, coercion was that uh, you would be forced to do everything correctly. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, there would be no need for a savior in Satan's plan because no one would ever sin. The elimination of free will. No one, yeah, no one would ever make a mistake because he wouldn't let you. You wouldn't have the option to make a mistake. You would just go down, do everything you're supposed to do, and then come back to heaven. Right. Okay. And I would argue with other Mormons because not only is this uh, not supported doctrinally, uh, it's inference is all it is. People being like, like all there's one verse that says Satan sought to destroy the agency of man. Uh, I contend that there are more than one way to uh, destroy the agency of man and that it makes no goddamn sense for someone to to propose that plan. Like, we know that Satan persuaded a third of the host of heaven, a third part of the host of heaven, whatever, to come follow his plan. And you expect me to believe that his plan was that uh, no one got to choose anything and that they were all forced to, to go along, that they were just placed into bodies that had artificial intelligence programming already built into it that would decide everything for them and that they were just along for the ride. And I would say, absolutely not. There's no way anyone bought into that plan. I don't think that's what Satan's plan was. This is, uh, we can get into this in another episode, which I think would actually be really fun. Uh, But I... I would love to talk about Satan because I could, uh, the aliens taught me a ton about Satan. Satan, And that would be a great, let's do that episode next. Okay. All right. Um, Uh... Why would we, uh, that doesn't sound fun to me. I want to be in control. If I'm playing a video game, give me the controller and let me move it. Let me do whatever I want to do. This is the, the, the freedom of doing anything I want to do in a video game. That's cool. But if you're like, hey man, you can watch me play a video game. So uh, it sounds really say, boring to me. That there are different video games. So there's one video game where we just came and we were dinosaurs, right? Uh, the the video game we were coming out of has to do with the a- the procession of the ages. I'm not going to get into all uh, that. Street Fighter Six, but I don't even. 
we're coming out of a fear-based reality in which we don't remember who we are. And that was three-dimensional. And um, according to the aliens, we were going into a higher dimension, more dimensions, and we were going to wake up and remember who we are, which would be a much more fun game because you get to toggle back and forth between RPG and first-person shooter and know that death isn't real. Yeah. Because that was the one thing I learned is that death is a choice. They just let you, they let you come back. If you believe what happened. Um, uh, do you think everyone who's died has has been given the same choice that you were given? So a lot of people say that can't be true because so-and-so died and they would never have chosen to leave me. But if you're going from the premise that none of this is real, that all of this is an illusion... And that ultimately you're just coming back and playing this game because the point of the game is to wake up and realize it's a game. Then absolutely that that perceived tragedy had a point. You had to feel that pain in order to wake up. I get that. I get that. There's a cool Joseph Smith quote. I think we talked about it once on the podcast already where he was like, if you knew how nice... He was talking about the lowest level of heaven and the point of it was like that even that God loves us so much that even the worst of us get a pretty nice heaven. But his quote was, if y'all knew how nice heaven was, you'd cut your own throat to get there. Yeah. So I uh, did. I was suicidal. After you After woke I up. came back because I remembered that ball of light and how at home and the, I can't even explain the bliss and euphoria of being outside of the suffering, the just constant. And I'm a pretty happy, even when I'm not happy, I'm happy. And the, yeah, that's exactly how everyone describes it. <laughs> I don't know how to, I mean, <laughs> there's just, there's an underlying gratitude for life. That I think people look at you scowling in a corner with a backpack on and go, that woman is. I am actually though pretty happy. <laughs> I know. So, but there's just a constant suffering and pain the, inside of this reality that, that did not exist. It was like the best ecstasy ever. And I, and it was it was so close I could touch it, and the homesickness was so I the regret for coming back, and the homesickness was so strong, and I just wanted to go back. And I did a couple things to try to kill myself, and this is all could just be meth shit. But I hung myself from a doorknob, and um, I choke myself when I'm jacking off you know because it's awesome and so it's it's pretty easy to almost die when you're doing that mm -hmm. and so that was my that was my exit strategy and whatever i hung myself was like a tie or a scarf or something whatever i hung myself with on the doorknob in the bathroom i wake up in my bed i had like three roommates at the time i wake up in my bed i was locked in the bathroom slid down across the floor did my thing I wake up in my bed, whatever I tied myself so wait up a minute, with. You were doing this to jack off. You weren't doing this to I was this doing to this to kill to myself. Source. No, oh. I was trying to go back. Oh. Did you decide to rub one out? Yeah. Just, just well, like to I say goodbye to this would planet? I think your body would reject. I didn't know how to hang from the ceiling or whatever. So I think your body would reject. Hooks, usually. You have yeah, to have I some have sort have of hooks, uh, yeah. support beam. But I'd almost taken myself out on accident. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. Yeah. Might as well go out with it. Yeah. I Might love well that attitude. I love that attitude. <laughs> I think it's just the easiest way because you lull your body into, no, this is safe. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. I wake up in my bed. No one, everyone, all my roommates, I ask if they came and got Movie. me out of the bathroom. I locked myself in the bathroom. I was not in the bathroom. I was in my bed. I was dressed. And whatever I had tied myself was gone. So this all drugs, you know, who knows? But that was what that is weird. There's one thing that I've been wanting to say, though, uh, that we keep touching on, and it's the homesickness. Mm -hmm. The first night at Lucas's house when we started talking about this shit. Yeah. I told you when I felt that feeling was in the temple the first yeah. time i went to the, the first time i went through the temple the temple's a big deal for mormons and uh you receive endowments from the temple it's a school 
do you go the temple is 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 instructional there are different ordinances that you do but they are all symbolic and they're all instructional and uh it sounds weird but there's a movie that you watch <laughs> you just watch a movie that's about satan and about uh agency and about what this life means and, and and why we're here and all this stuff and you watch the same movie every single time and you just go to to sit there and and soak it in and try to get new meaning out of it and listen and try to get in touch with this higher power and, and find meaning that's specific for you and then when that is done you there are certain uh, ordinances that you do and you walk through a literal veil and then through that veil, they take you into the celestial room, which is uh, one of the holiest rooms in uh, the temple there by on earth, you know, on this planet. This is a, a this is a room that is so pure that God can can come and be present in this room. Uh, and the first time that I went there. Uh, it was before my mission. I had to receive all my endowments uh, before I went on uh, my mission. And I went with my parents. And when I walked into the celestial room, uh, the only way I was able to describe it was home. Where I just, I felt like I I suddenly was homesick for something I didn't know. That I, I didn't know I was from there, you know. And I, I felt so safe and home. I just felt like I had been there before. I wow. felt like I had been there before and this is where I was from and I and, and then I was like this is God, right? This is this is the closest I've ever been to God and I believed that I was from God, that 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 he was my father, that he sent me here and that I've been separated uh from him by this by this temporal veil. And so yeah, that makes sense now that I I am here in the celestial room with God. I feel like I'm home. Uh, and I felt that's one of those second shelf experiences where I'm like, I don't know what to do with that because at the time, I mean, it was powerful and I cried and I told my parents about it and I just felt, I felt so home. And so when you first talked about source and how you felt and how you felt homesick for it, that's immediately what I thought about. Wow. Which source for you is God, right? Right. It's also you. It's also all of us. But some of the symbolism is a real trip because the there is a veil. I've always described what made me do drugs and the sensation that I had my whole life. I guess it was like a Truman Show type thing where until I was like 13 years old, I turned the lights off in whenever I was getting dressed because since I was a tiny kid, as, as long as I can remember, I felt like... I was being watched by people that were above me. Are you sure your schizophrenia is meth-induced? <laughs> Touche. Yeah, some <laughs> of it. Uh, but a lot of the reason that I started doing drugs was not to run from pain because I'm not someone that is afraid. Like, I, that's not... I'm not... Uh, afraid of pain like that. Like, a lot of people want to escape sadness or whatever. That's why they do drugs. I was someone that always just went into it. But there, I was disillusioned with reality my whole life. I was like, this can't be all there is. And that's the same thing that drove me to Christianity was that I thought I had found the magic. And then I get there and because there was a, an experience, a magic experience. And then the people just fucked it up. You know, it was all noise, nickels and numbers. And it was, I was like, can we get back to the magic part? Quit hating on my old ass figures of speech i just i did honestly didn't know if that was an uh like a figure of speech from the 1930s or if that was <laughs> just like something cool that you just made up on your own i was Do like you know that's where a pretty I got cool that? catchphrase when i went to work i'm for assuming the from the original king kong uh <laughs> that you you saw the the moving picture show uh as a child yeah <laughs> down at the at the nickelodeon <laughs> podcast partner uh, why don't you call Tim Dillon then? <laughs> uh. Oh, anyway, when I went to work for the church, I worked for the department that made money, that like sold merch to get money because he was like a evangelist, televangelist, 
and the pit like when i went to work for them they're like all right well now we're the noise nickels and numbers department mm. that's how we facilitate the ministry do they part. put you at work in the noise section we're in charge of noise nickels and numbers jessa have we got a spot for you <laughs> dogs are weird All right. Anyway, the veil, the way I have described what made me go use drugs was that I was looking for the curtain. I just mm-hmm. felt like there was a curtain, which I I never saw Truman Show, but I feel like that's what how I saw life. And Have you still never seen Truman I Show? I still haven't seen it. You reference it so much. I can't I wait for you to watch it. When it came out, I, all I needed to see was the previews. I was like, yeah, that's exactly how I felt about it. It gets to the edge. Uh, he has to get on a boat, if I remember correctly, and he and he sails the boat all the way until like, like it's just painted like a sky, like a mm-hmm. horizon, but his boat just crashes into a wall that's just painted to look like the sky. And then he finds some stairs, and he walks the stairs, and then there's just a door. So there's no curtain, okay. but he opens this door in a wall that's painted to look like the sky, so it just looks like he's walking into uh, the horizon, you know? And he wow. walks out, and then he gets to eat... Uh, God, who's Ed Harris. Huh. Okay, well, so, like, it's like that, except for that he would just meet himself. Mm. <sighs> what else? Okay, so I wanted to go back and talk about um, the point, right? So there was, and I did that already. Okay, so there was a phase where Good. the aliens were giving me messages. Oh, so the point of me telling you the, the thing about first-person shooter was that in your mind, your thoughts, according to the aliens, your thoughts are not all just one voice. You have the voice of your higher self and you have the voice of your artificial intelligence, your ego, which is programmed for the reality that you're in, which is a fear-based reality. So I was able to tell the difference between those two voices and also hear other voices, which is very meth-induced schizophrenia sounding. And but those I would voices. be interested if if other people and I if our view, if our listeners think this way I would be very interested in hearing because ever since you talked to me about it I have been l- listening more to to how my thoughts sound in my head yeah and trying because you've you've said several things that have made me go oh I want to see. You know, and like try to, because I think that we talk in terms in our society, it's not unusual to talk about, you know, we've got an angel on our shoulder and a devil on our shoulder. Right. We've got, we've got that little voice in our head that's like, eat that cake, you should eat it. But we have the willpower that's like, no, don't. You know, we talk about competing voices in our head just in maybe uh, different terms, you know? Uh, And so I've been trying to pay attention to it and see if I can hear my ego, like you say. If I can say, Aaron, that's a fear-based thought. And I mean, I can recognize fear-based thoughts, but I don't think they sound differently from my other thoughts yet. Do they feel different? Yeah. Yeah, they feel different. Is there one? So a lot of times I say like hear and see, but they're all, it's feels, it's their feelings. But. Hmm. Okay. So, you know, because there's like an inner dialogue, there's two different parts of you. And this could go down the whole inner child thing, but. Anyway, just messages, okay. messages if you've got. If you if you, do you feel do you hear this voices? way, if you because we are uh, compiling a list and we're reporting all of you to the mental health association, <laughs> we're like, guess what? You're all schizophrenic. All right. No, but do comment on our Facebook group. Yeah. So we can have a conversation and see if it's just me. All right. So anyway, there were other voices. There were other voices besides just the fear-based reality and my higher self. There were other voices that would tell me, I would just know things about people and then there would be a voice making me go say something to that person. And so I would write a note at like the club and say, 
the one I always use as, as an example is that you're not going to find the person you're looking for until you forgive your father for what he did. Which, as I'm writing that note, I'm like, I am not handing this woman this note. Like, I am not handing this woman this note. Did you know this woman? No, this is strangers. 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 And a voice pops into your head. Now, that's actually really, because we would call that a prompting from the Holy Spirit. Oh, we can go down this whole other thing, too. It's so weird that we talk about the same thing. Like, something that I love uh, from the second you started getting weird with me is that uh, it was exactly the same. Like, there's so many things that that I would do in my religion that wouldn't seem weird to me if someone phrased it the right way. If someone said, I had a prompting from the Holy Spirit that I was supposed to say this to someone, I would I would know what that means. Right. Uh, and then I meet this uh, meth-induced schizophrenic who is like, uh, my the I heard a voice in my ego ether that, uh, <laughs> you know, in the noise nickels and dimes apartment. <laughs> You know, you just, you say things different, you, you have different yeah. words, for, but we're talking about the exact same thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, so that's, that doesn't seem that weird to me. Yeah. I believe that people can get messages for other people, I guess. Let's go. Uh, oh, see, now I can't wait to, to get into some Mormonism stuff and all of the parallels with Mormonism, Christianity, and aliens. Now that we're ready to get weird, I on can't the wait for the Cowboys versus Aliens sequel, which is just Christians versus Aliens. So, okay, flash forward, flash backward, um, five years before that, um, born again, super into Jesus, and the church I go to, not a lot of supernatural stuff. They called it super spiritual to do like prophecy and stuff like that. Although they kept promising that was coming. I go to drop my daughter off at a babysitter who is a Christian from a different church. And she says, a prophetess friend of ours said she needs to come over and talk to us right now. And then when the lady gets there, she was like, oh, you're who I'm here to see. And she tells me stuff. She tells me that she sees me sitting in sackcloth and ashes over my childhood and that I need to forgive my mother. Which was the number one thing holding me back in every area of my life back then. There's no way for her to have known that. She said that I am going to be used with the gift of discernment in the end times. I'll be able to cut through the the crap. She gave me a couple other messages that were a huge part of my life. I was blessed with that gift as well. I saw that when you showed me, what's that thing called? A patriarchal blessing. A patriarchal blessing. It's a gift of discernment. And I was like, what? I bless I bless you with the gift of discernment. Those are the, the words that the guy used. But anyway. Then she tells my husband, she go, he comes in to see what's taking me so long. And she pulls him out to the porch. He had just cheated on me or was hiding cheating on me or something that he felt super guilty about. And his, his dad was a, was a pastor. And she tells him... Um, you are bigger than, oh man, I can't believe I can't remember this. You're called to carry on the mantelpiece of your father. His father was amazing. Amazing. And, but your shame and guilt holding you back, basically, I'm paraphrasing. But then she said that, um, she referenced whatever cheating he had done or whatever he was hiding because he ends up telling me about it as a result of what she said. And then that God was bigger than his shortcomings or whatever. Then she tells us as I'm leaving, as I come outside, she says, the two of you are going, if you make it, which you probably won't, um, the two of you are going to um, have a revelation on marriage that is going to change everything, whatever you're going to preach it around the world. Fuck, lady, we're just trying to get a babysitter. Yeah, we're for, trying to go to get Hard Rock date? Cafe. No. Uh, Hard Rock Cafe is the real thing. This was like... Uh, uh, soft Rock Cafe? <laughs> no, like Solid Rock Cafe, which is some... <laughs> I think it was Solid Rock Cafe. So, anyway, yeah, we didn't get the revelation. <laughs> Bummer. We only made it like 18 more months, but... Damn it. So, the gift of discernment thing. So, what happens after that is I did like this youth prison ministry. You go and uh, preach to girls in like juvenile and not juvenile hall. It was like Hillcrest up in. This Portland. is so great. You did a youth prison ministry. Yeah. 
man, usually like it's I, I, I imagine it's like the the ministers who are like bringing people out of prison and bringing them into Christianity and another life. But you really just like we'd go in there and, <laughs> the and op- preach, have like Bible study or whatever with them. Yeah. And I did a teen mom's ministry. I was very active in, in Christianity. I was really into it. So anyway, I'm talking, teaching whatever the fuck I was doing. I can't even remember it now. But I remember standing in a circle and suddenly I knew what was wrong. I could see the trauma of one of the girls. And I said, I could see, I don't know, her motivating pain. And then I just said it like, you have to release this in order to, and she starts crying. And then everyone I look at, I can see it. And this goes on for like, then everyone was coming to that group and it was just this kind of supernatural thing that was happening. And then it was happening at the grocery store. And then I got busted. I, this youth, busted. this ministry wasn't even a part of the church I was in, but it got back to one of the pastors that I was doing something supernatural. And they were like, not saying that this isn't real, but this is kind of super spiritual. And your husband, I was like what was called an uncovered woman because my husband wasn't, he either wasn't serving God or wasn't like up to the standards or he didn't have supernatural powers basically. So you can't do this anymore. And that was probably the beginning of the end. Damn. For me. Yeah. Cause I felt like I had finally started to tap into what I got into Christianity for. They just didn't like your witchcraft. Yeah. And then it went, it they went away. If you were, a, if you were a man, would anyone have said anything to you? Exactly. No, it was like a real. I just, I didn't know if they were, if they I just didn't like that you were doing it, or if they didn't like that you were a woman doing it. They did say like it's like it's. We're not saying it's not real, but we're saying that it wouldn't That's be happening a, for you. What a, I'm like, dude, I'm dead on. That's why they're all coming is because I'm right. Uh huh. So, um, but there was uncovered woman. Was See, like, I think Mormons. What Mormons talk sometimes about how like Satan will will trick us. By doing good stuff, things that look like miracles, but if you don't yeah. really have priesthood power, then it's not coming from God. So uh, Satan will do a miracle to trick you later. You know, like he'll I give you, that that's he'll get, tell you two truths and a lie type shit. Uh, and I didn't. Uh, that's that is uh, strange. Uh, I feel like I can do that with everyone. Yeah. Con- uh, what did we say? Like subtext. It's just really easy. Lots of people can't. So that gift comes back. It was the same gift. I write people notes. The notes are always right. The only person that I gave one to and it wasn't right, it was still right. He just wouldn't admit that it was right. You know how you can tell? No, I'm not saying that like my ego. I'm saying it was like, I wouldn't, you know. Uh, So... You were always like were this. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of a pattern. Um So only recently have I started to consider the possibility that what if we are in a computer simulation? What do you mean only recently? You mean you didn't believe the aliens when they told you that? Right no, away? I did, and then I got clean and was like, okay, that must have been drugs. So for a long, yeah, okay, all right, that makes sense, okay. And I. But now you've been clean for how many years now? It's been a long time. It was two thousand five. Okay, um, and now you're just. So then you know the Elon Musk and the what the 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 article articles start coming out about we some people believe that we live in a computer simulation, and. I've read some stuff about the odds of that. I just read, I just saw an article. I haven't read it yet that said that they've proven that it's not, but it seems like something a computer simulation would tell you. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, the things that have stood out to me were, it wasn't the word construct that they used, but the aliens talked about like that this was, they were like the premise, like the premise was fear. The premise was forgetting who you were. 
the point of the game was to find your way back to source, to find your way back to yourself, to wake up. And that gender wasn't real, that right and wrong wasn't real, that good and bad wasn't real. And I just see so, so many constructs. And then the other thing was that it was going from a masculine age to a feminine age. And I just look around and I'm like, if you... If you told me that there was a video game that was shifting from a masculine age to a feminine age, I would tell you that that's, I think, I feel like it would look like right now. Gender is absolutely, this was in 2000. So I'm like, gender is a con, like it wasn't construct, wasn't the word used, but like now straight up gender is a construct. Yeah, well, of course it is. So I do. You all should have taken so 367 sociology of gender with Catherine Jepson. She would have told you that. Straight up, man. Do you know that there are women that are born without wombs? Like you're just naturally born. The people that are born, they've got, they've got, uh, they just don't have a womb. They've got all the other parts, and there's no womb. So to think that there are just uh, these these two categories that everyone like, yep, God made us like man and woman. That's yeah. a, either uh, either God is bad at his job. Uh, or there's more than one option. I mean, or sorry, two options. I apologize, but the that's but it's still a pretty in the what you call the word you use all the time, the collective consciousness. It's pretty revolutionary still in 2018 to say gender is a construct. I yeah. feel like it gets thrown in with wacky millennials. And yeah. the things, oh, oh, let me guess, uh, safe spaces, and, 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 and in safe spaces, there are people born with uh, two different sexual organs? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, man, that's exactly, that's exactly what happened. There are lots of cases on record. You can go check out how bad your God is. I mean, he's had this one job. He's had this one job. <laughs> For so long, it's just making humans, and he just keeps fucking it up, <laughs> and then, and then, and then punishing the people that he fucked up. Um. Yeah, man. I don't know. I look around and I just see. I'm like, huh. I'm not saying I'm all the way there, but I. I spend a lot of time thinking about the nature of consciousness. I don't know what everyone else thinks about. Also, if you want to shake a Tinder dude. That you made plans with and you want to get rid of. <laughs> just tell him that all you think about is the nature of consciousness and uh, you don't have to be the one doing it. I tried that thing. in a Tinder bio one time. Yeah, that didn't go well. It didn't go well at all. I thought I'd find some cool down woke chicks who wanted to eat pizza. Because I was, I was like, here's things that I, I want to do with you. And it was like, number one, dance. Number two, snuggle. Number three, make out. Number four, have a discussion about the nature of consciousness and whether or not we live in a simulation. Number five, eat pizza. And nobody responded to that. Can Tinder I tell you bio. why, probably? Because after you said pizza, you said bitches, and you spelt bitches with a Z. And I feel like you probably had them until that point. Bitches with a Z is where I lost them? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, if you can't handle me, my bitches... <laughs> <laughs> Then you don't deserve me at my yas queens. <laughs> but we just uh, before I know that would have been a great place to end. I know maybe we'll still end it there in post. But to go back to how we just use different words to describe the same things, I can get behind this being a simulation. I can because. That's essentially what my religion taught me this was, that this was a proving ground, that we came from somewhere else, we came, we had a home, a pre-mortal existence is what we had. We existed before this, we will exist after this because we are eternal. But we came down in, into a physical form, we put our spirits, we downloaded our spirits into a physical avatar, as you would say, yeah. to learn things, to gain experience, and to return back home mm -hmm. afterwards. That's a, that's essentially the Mormon plan of salvation. That's that's at, at its core. So yeah, 
when you talk about video game stuff, it's just the same doctrine, but with different vocabulary. Can we do an episode? No. Yeah, I want to do an episode of no. Aliens versus Mormonism. Aliens versus... Can I debate you as... Uh, can I debate the Mormon doctrine from from my alien uh, education? Uh, I mean, you, yeah, you can. You might want to... <laughs> Sure. Yeah. I am I'm a little rusty on my rules so of I. debate, but uh but I I don't know what we're going to debate about cuz I felt like we uh, uh, agree a lot. Like the the, yeah, the Mormons and the aliens uh, agree on, on a lot of things. This is a conversation I've wanted to have with you for so long, but you, you love me. But you are still uh <laughs> <laughs> Um Jessa, why didn't you tell me so long? <laughs> You've waited this long um, to tell me? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm going to tell you very soon. So, I've waited a long time to talk to you about Mormonism and aliens, but, but I feel like... But it was, it was triggering, triggering for me. Yeah. yeah, because you wanted me to, to get it on board with all this stuff. And no, my biggest I just fear, wanted to talk about it. You, okay, you wanted me to talk about getting on board anybody. with this stuff. Uh <laughs> But I was scared that I was leaving one cult for another yeah. cult. Like I was just like I don't want you to make it sound like I'm trying to turn you into an alien. Yeah, uh, we'll just we'll cut okay. it out of the part where you confessed your love to me. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll end it there. No one uh. no one will think that you're <laughs> trying to get me to join a cult. Just <laughs> Just that you're desperately and hopelessly <laughs> in love with me and have been waiting <laughs> so long uh, to tell me. We'll it's up to you. It's your choice. <laughs> you pick. <sighs> Sorry, I keep fucking up this ending, man. We'll end it on the funny part, I promise. Okay. Are we done then? What was the funny thing that I said? Bitches and... Yas queens. Yas queens. <laughs> This is Mormon and the meth head saying, you're all bitches with Z's. If you put a Mormon and a meth head together, this is what they sound like. Aaron would all and just so read our friends. Listen to them talking to Mike.